Hello and welcome to episode 37 of Mooncast. It's been it's been a while since I've done one. I think 1st of June I've got was the last one I did, so it's been a couple of months, I'm afraid. Um, got Joe back on the phone again. It's been a while since you've been on as well, Joe. When was the last time you were on? Let me a look. You did... no idea. Did you do Talking Rags to Richards or did I do it by myself? It's been a while. Going down uh, don't say after... Rags to Riches is the only box of models I don't actually have, so it's definitely not that one. Oh, not that one, though. Yeah, no. Uh, yeah. Although I'll have it when the Kickstarter comes through. Yeah, you did. Play. <laughs> oh, yeah. I did April last year. You did one with me. Crikey. That's been a while. I feel like you've done one since then, but maybe you haven't. Blimey, it's been, like, it's been a while. Anyway, yeah, Joe's back on. Um, we're going to talk about one of the newest, I think it's, is it the newest released box set at time of recording? Yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah, which is the Malachite Mystics. Um, they were Lesh Revolt group. <laughs> um, I'm not saying that they're all formed, but they're not all formed. Um, but they are all cultists. They're a cultist um, trio. So in that in that box, we've got Gwendolyn, the Lesh Revolt Priestess, Reagan, the Lesh Revolt Priestess, and Klaus, the Mad Cow. <laughs> um, basically, so we'll do kind of what we normally, I mean... Me and Joe were talking when we started this, like when me and Joe do podcasts, it's not really worth us setting kind of setting kind of agenda because we know we'll go off on loads of tangents and the conversation will just develop as it does. So we will start by going through each one individually and talking about them. And we'll talk about what troops they fit well into, how to play them well, and also at some point how to beat them. We'll talk about our experiences of playing with them and against them. I haven't done a lot of playtesting with these, but you've done a lot of playtesting with them, Joe. So you can talk about playtesting them as well. Um, mm. I think because these these were mainly playtested over lockdown, and I didn't didn't have access to TTS, so I didn't have a way of playtesting them. Basically, yeah. um, I think I did a bit with Gwendolyn because she was earlier, but um, I I actually haven't played with Reagan or Klaus at all, but I have played against them a couple of times. So. Joe will do most of the talking, I think, about, about playing with him and, and against him because he'll, he'll know them better. Um, so what I'll do is I'll start by just introducing a, a, a card with the model, and then I'll let Joe talk about how he'd use them. So we'll start with what I suspect is either your favourite or one of your favourites. Um, I know Boom is the first one as well, but um, we'll start with Gwendolyn. We'll start with Gwendolyn because she's actually kind of been out for longer than the other two because she came out as a limited edition with the Leshcock Kickstarter. So Gwendolyn is a fairy and a cultist. She can play for Dominion and Leshevolt. She's got melee two, uh, range one, arcane five, minus two, same as all fairies. She's feeble though, rather than just a weakling. So it's minus two melee damage. Well, that's fairly relevant to us. She doesn't really want to be hitting anyone in melee. And obviously the normal plus one. And then her ability, she's got a ability called Scry. It costs four. Um, you can draw the top arcane, top card of the arcane deck, look at it and place it down beside her. At any point, you can use it in her. Uh, you can use it in your arcane resist hand. If you do, it disappears, or if she's slain, it it goes back and like it doesn't it goes back into the deck. Then she's got two um, arcane abilities: rejuvenate, which is uh, cost three, eight inches, restores X plus one wounds, and then move them X. So like same amount of healing as a healing spell, but then you can move them as well, which I think is it's really good because you can get them out of combat and things, but or into combat. Um, then she's got, which I think is probably her most used ability, um, Ethereal Allure, which is again, cost three, eight inches. Move target X plus one directly towards this character. 
Uh, and last of all, her signature, which is on high guard, um, deals no damage, and the enemy cannot make a melee attack action targeting this character until the end of the turn. Um, so a typical kind of fairy one, really, where she has a very defensive um, ability. But yeah, so that was a quick rundown of what was on her card for anyone that hasn't got her. Um, and I'll let Joe, I'll let you talk about how, I'll let you talk about just like how you've used her. And obviously you did a lot of playtesting with her as well. So um, I'll be interested to hear about how she's changed during playtesting as well. Because um, I think she has changed, not like massively, but she's changed. She's had, she had quite a few tweaks, I think. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I started playtesting about sort of near the end of um, the Lesh Report playtesting. So in terms of the first release of Gwendolyn, I didn't see um, too many changes. In fact, as far as I'm aware, um, when Tom drafted the first version of Gwendolyn, he just kept buffing it and buffing it and buffing it until <laughs> it got to the version, until it got to version one. Uh, then I played, when I started playtesting, so uh, like I said, near the, sort of near the tail end of Leshevolt's playtesting before they were released, I used it quite a bit against him, and he seemed to think it was fine at the time. Um, it, it was released, and then a and then on the latest errata, she got a bit of a nerf because Tom, I think, was tired of me using Gwendolyn in the majority of my games, luring one of his moles in to die and then killing it immediately. At least that's what I think happened. So, so that yeah, tends, yeah. That tends to be a fairly um, common theme that the models that you beat him with, he tends to nerf. <laughs> <laughs> Not always, uh, yeah. but, but, but we joke that that's what always happens. When every when every contacts me saying, "Oh yeah, I've nerfed this model a little bit," I always say to him, "Oh, did did Joe beat you with him?" Yeah, I was when I first started playtesting against him, and I was using more goblins. I'd be using Boom Boom with his ten inch lure to just lure Mama Gimbal into her death, and yeah, I don't think he's used to that until he started having to play against me regularly. But yeah, Gwendolyn's lure used to be ten inches; it's now eight inches as of the last errata. Um, in terms of playtesting, yeah, I just sort of playtested her on the tail end of uh, the release, so I I can't actually tell you too much about how much it changed from its initial idea, apart from the fact that when I first saw it, the first thing that jumped out, to, yeah, that's what I can tell you. The first time when I started playtesting, and I opened up a little pack and I was looking for all the abilities of whatnot, the first thing, having used a lot of Boom Boom at Boom, uh, that sort of jumped out to me on the Gwendolyn card was the ethereal allure doesn't target um, enemies it just targets anything and that to me is fantastic because you can just move yeah it, it just gives you so much movement ability on your own models um, yeah. I mean she does have her rejuvenate which moves things x inches but the ethereal allure is moving people x plus two inches so if you draw a pink you essentially a pink one and only and only a pink one. You're moving that model that you've targeted three inches, and that's essentially three energies worth of movement, which is kind of um, which is kind of crazy if you're doing it on a um, a nice big hitting model like Luvard or possibly another flail wielding model, which we'll no doubt get to later. Yeah. If you can give it three inches worth of movement without it having to spend three energy, it just gives you three additional hits in combat, and I think that's the same for rejuvenate. Uh, so. It's 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 kind of weird, maybe a bit weird to think about, but sometimes I kind of think about Gwendolyn as sort of an energy multiplier in that way, 
So she doesn't really give you energy, but if you're using her to move your own models, then they're not spending energy to move. So you're yeah, she's kind saving, of... Yeah, she's saving your energy, isn't she? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, if she's moved like Klaus two inches, then that's two energy Klaus doesn't have to spend to move and can instead, you know, hit people to uh, death with in melee. Yeah. And she's a cultist, so him being near... And we'll get to him later, but... You know, yeah. she, she's drawing him towards herself and he likes being near her. So it's an even mm. bonus, isn't it? You know, um, Oh, yeah, it's a perfect combination. Yeah. And also, because obviously to do that, she's going to have to be like further up the board near the enemy. But she doesn't really mind mm. that because she's minus two evade anyway. And because of her signature being, you can't hit me again. Um, yeah. You know, she, she doesn't really mind being a bit further up because she's unlikely to die in like one activation kind of thing um mm. so she's a bit she's, she's actually just like tougher fairy to kill i would say because of uh although <laughs> i used her in a game recently um i used her in when we we play tested the scenario spread the word um and jack who we were doing it with he i think we recorded it so it was, it's, it's on the video somewhere um she okay. was she was behind a box 14 inches away from Quarrel. So he had one card and he pulled a green three and just headshotted her from 14 inches away. Oh. <laughs> on turn one, I was like, what? <laughs> so that was, but that's just one of those things that happened, you know, what, you know, once in a blue moon in Moose, yeah. you happen to get the green three in the one you need. Um, I thought she was safe and she just wasn't. But anyway, apart from that, she's basically pretty, doesn't mind being slightly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, and if she's using one of her arcane abilities and that's all she's doing, it's a three energy cost thing and she's got five base energy. So she's going to be ending her activation on two energy. So you're not getting into combat with her easily because you can just step all over the place. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I was like, yeah, I was, I was thinking the same thing. Like she's, she's always going to have that two left. And even if you're saving that two just to try and get two more melee cards to hopefully get a high guard. Yeah. Um, mm. To make sure they can't hit you again it's still it's the same same kind of thing isn't it if you can't get away at least you can stop hitting you um just out of interest yeah. just something's just just popped into my head um of the because there's obviously two sculpts for gwendolyn the willow aspect and the cherry aspect i mean they're not they're not naming the cards but which one's your favorite out of those two? Oh, oh the the willow was the kickstarter one right yeah the willow is the, the willow is the, is the limited edition one with a Kickstarter. Yeah. Yeah, I'd say the Willow one, honestly. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I, I do like the Cherry one. I, I like them both. Yeah, I mean, they're both awesome. They're both awesome. Um, hmm. Interestingly, um, when Tom first introduced Tommy about the, 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 that there were going to be two different ones, he wanted to have Willow and Ash aspect. I mean, they're not named, but he just, that, that's what he was calling them. And I said, yeah, that's fine, mate, except that Ash trees don't have flowers. <laughs> <laughs> um, so <laughs> yeah, he said, yeah, one's going to be really leaf, one's going to be really flowery. So that's fine, mate. But there's no flowers on an ash tree. <laughs> so I had, so I told, and he said, oh, because I'm a gardener, I love doing gardening. So he said, oh, can you tell me what a, a tree? I said, well, yeah, do cherry because that's like oh, really yeah. famous for being really bright and colourful and flowery. He went, oh, brilliant. So he just changed it. <laughs> uh, it made me laugh at the time. Uh, that was yeah. like three or four years ago now. Yeah, five. Yeah. Okay, but anyway. <laughs> yeah. Um, anything else you want to kind of add just about Gwendolyn? Obviously, she'll come into to conversations later on, but is there anything you particularly want to add about Gwendolyn right now? 
Um, that she's brilliant and you should use her in every single list you can. But apart from that, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, she well, at least I try and use her in every list. That's yeah. what like. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I agree. She, she's one. I mean, I didn't bring her with my. The only reason I didn't actually bring her in my fairy list for my troop from for my tournament is I didn't. I'm, I'm, I'm painted her. Um. Oh, fair enough. Uh, that's the only reason I didn't bring her because I would, I would. She'd be hard to drop out of a fairy list now. I think. Mm. And and out and out of like a cultist list or, or a Leshevot list. I think she's... she's just a fantastic package of sort of the best all of the best support abilities in one. You can move opponents yeah. around and you can heal your own models, which are like probably two of the best support ability best support abilities in the game. And just combine that into one package, which is yeah. quite hard to kill, is brilliant. Is in, in the same kind of way that Brother Daniel is the same kind of thing. Like he's that all round mm. you neither of them are broken in that they can't like one shot someone they can't you know they don't what what tom would say is they don't create a negative play experience but they are both really i mean if you have i i, I like running yeah. gwendolyn and and daniel in a leshable list because then you've got lots of movement for your own models you've got a good two fairly solid mm. healers um and there's those two those two as, as the main supporting characters can just do so much for your for your troop um anyway yeah definitely so we'll go on to the next one. I'll say let Gwen will obviously come into our conversations anyway, but we'll the next one we'll talk about is Reagan. Reagan is probably probably one of my favourite models of, of I mean I like all the moves they models, but she's I like I think I remember where, again, I remember when Tom first talked about the idea of having this mystic like floating up in the air. I thought it was really cool, but I wondered how he was gonna do it where it didn't look a bit like a genie. <laughs> um, <laughs> Coming from her cloak like that just looks amazing. Um, anyway, so she's another Leshevok priestess. She's got the fawn, cultist, and cleric keywords. Um, melee two, range one, arcane five, evade zero. Um, she's got a couple of, well, one very lengthy ability we'll take in a second. So we've got a bit of expel. Whenever any character suffers a catastrophe after resolving, draw an arcane card, then look, and look, then place it face down beside this character. Any point, Andy, you can add a new card to your game's this hand. If you do, with the end of the character is slain, then jump back on deck. This this character can hold a maximum number of cards at any time equal to the current turn number. If an additional card is drawn, choose a card to shuffle back into the arcane deck. I quite like that little added bit that it creates a limit, which she, she needed a limit because she's not paying anything for it. Mm. Um, and that's a nice, easy limit to remember. Turn number. Um, and then she's got two arcane abilities got verdant growth same as uh herbert and loki where she can play out place a 50 mil wooden patch within 4x remains in place at the end of the game and she's got malachite ritual and whilst resolving you ignore passive abilities for this which is interesting so target within two inches of a wooden patch or tree <coughs> energy targets non-spirit heals x plus one and target suffers X wounds, and spirit suffer an additional wound as well. Um, and the catastrophe is that this model and spirits within six suffer two, two wounds. So she's quite good against spirits. And the ignore passive abilities. Mm. Well, that was one jump out to me a second, but I'll, I'll, I'll wait to talk about why that's really cool <laughs> in a second. Um, there's one particular model that's really good against <laughs> which you, you know who I mean, and people listening will know who I mean as well. Um, so her um, oh, yeah. signature move is on low guard. 
um, does no damage, and he just reduces damage suffered by minus two. So again, a standard defensive um, uh, car, a de standard defensive um, signature. Um, I'll, I'll let you. I'll let you. I'll let you just go ahead and talk about what you want with her, Joe. And then I'm sure you'll mention about the passivity and who that's because I know who that was aimed at. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I, I can actually talk a bit more about the playtesting on this one because I was playtesting when the first version of this card came out and it changed quite a lot from its first uh, incarnation. Um, I, I remember the original idea Tom sort of had for Reagan was that he wanted a Leshevolt model that could... Um, yeah, I'm going to jump to the point you were going to make uh, a minute ago immediately. He wanted a model in Leshevolt which could take on the Revenant quite nicely. And the original Malachite ritual was, oh, what was it? I I think it was, yeah, I think what it was, was if it targeted a spirit, it, it didn't kill, it didn't kill them, it removed them from play. I, I can't remember quite what it was, but the wording was a little clunky, that's, as I recall. And basically the idea was, with the, whilst resolving, ignore passive abilities, was the idea that it could kill the Revenant, but it would be, it wouldn't be. It wouldn't be. It wouldn't have something written on the card, which is basically this is to kill the revenant. Yeah, yeah. But it was something which yeah. once you look at it and you read it and you put like two and two together, you're like, wait a minute, this can actually kill the revenant. Yeah. And it's not just um, it's not just the revenant it's useful against. There's a bunch of other abilities it gets round. So like it gets round. Um, oh, what's the name? The one that Natty has, where you got discard an energy to target her. Uh, look of innocence. Look of innocence. Oh, oh yeah. yeah, it might be look of innocence. Yeah, it's the the one which means you have to discard an energy to target her. But because that's a passive ability, Reagan just ignores it and she goes ahead uh, anyway. Um, there's yeah. some other really good um, ones, but um, it would also work against her disappearing a crowd as well. Natty has disappeared in a crowd. So yes, it would actually. Every model within. Three inches, she gets it reduces her bay by minus one. It would also ignore that too. <laughs> but she's really good. Yeah. She's also really good against Natty. Yeah, yeah. She's also really good against Klaus, but we'll we'll get onto that in a minute. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, she ignores um his protected ability. Uh, obviously it's good against the things like good against mm. hat, it's good against vicious midget, it's good against yeah, all the ones with armor, it's good against, you know, young Jack. All those ones. Um, it gets to bodyguard, um, so you can't pass off the wounds. Mm. Um, so it's that standard. There's lots of those things it gets through, but um, yeah, I mean, yeah. It was, I know that it was designed to get through Revenant, but I quite like the fact that it's also useful against others. But it doesn't do loads of damage. Like it, it doesn't do like X plus two, um, well. because that would be just brutal against yeah. likes of Fancy Hat and um, and others. Mm. Um, yeah, whereas it's also good. It's also good against Gertrude. Yeah, I suppose so. I mean, I'm actually saying that it's not magical damage anyway, so it wouldn't be affected by her protective charm. I just saw because her yeah. card to me, so um, it wouldn't affect her protective charm. Yeah. Magical damage. It's not magical damage. So, um, yeah. So actually, the fact it's, that it's not too much. I was going to say, it's not too many wounds. It's only X wounds for three energy, but it's when you're using it against spirits, it's X plus one wounds, which is when it starts to stack up. And especially against something like the Revenant, who's only got seven wounds. Like, um, 
well, a, uh, a pink three is over half his health. And a pink three is not, well, you can use a passive ability to try and sort of pre-draw really high, high pinks to um, um, to uh, kill stuff in advance, which is, um, yeah. yeah, yeah, very, very useful. Also, because the other thing is, he, he, there's obviously quite a few Neshavar models that can be taking arcane cards and... Mm. Uh, obviously, Danica removes them and you can't use them, but we've seen that Gwendolyn can get them out. I think Kavanaugh can get them out. Megan can get them out. And there's a good chart. There's a, then you're in, even, even if you're taking out ones that aren't the pink three, you're therefore increasing yeah. the chance of getting it anyway. If you're just removing catastrophes, exactly, yeah. greens and blues, you're increasing your chance of then getting a pink because there's less cards to choose from. Um, mm, yeah. <laughs> and yeah, like that's just the... One of the things I like with the Malachite Ritual is that's just the pink. You've got two other completely um, different abilities as well. So you're, you're, yeah. the blue is probably the most boring, but um, I, I, I don't think it was a, I don't think it was originally there on the first iteration of the card. And I think I pointed out to Tom that hey, she's a cleric, but she can't actually heal people or put protection on people or anything. So yeah, the blue is basically just healing. Um, but you can't target spirits with it because she's more interested in banishing spirits than healing spirits, as far as I'm aware. But I haven't got to read the full bio on her yet. I'm very much looking forward for that the uh, book two to get through my door when that Kickstarter yeah. is uh, finalised. Yeah, I'm looking forward to reading. I've read some of them. And I've written oh, yeah. Um, yeah, it's very, it's very weird. I mean, we, we did a podcast on it. It's not going to talk too long about the narrative because we don't know about it, but... Um, it looks very so that was very thorough. It's a very thorough oh, narrative, so it's, it's very well done. It's been really well checked to make sure it all kind of adds up and all fits in. So she'll definitely have a place in there, I know. Um, so yeah, I mean, yeah, <coughs> take that bit. Yeah, she was designed as as, as a as, as a way of killing the revenant, but also works in other things as well, which is great. Um, and then burden growth is. Useful time. <laughs> mm. um, well, burden growth is um, at least I think it's brilliant with Malachite Ritual because of Malachite Ritual's green uh, effect. So it's the energy of him. So I like when I'm uh, using Reagan, I like trying to deploy one of my big hitters or a model which really likes lots of energy on the first turn within two inches of a wooded patch. If you just have one of those in deployment, or so, um, if you're choosing size, just choose the side with enough wooded patches for a to, to stick her friends within two inches of her so she can malachite ritual them up energy. But if there's no um if there's no wooded patches around, that's normally what I like doing for turn one, is trying to get a really nice verdant growth, just throw a wooded patch into the centre of the board where I think the fight's gonna occur. So that all my big hitters are well spend the rest of the game within two inches of wooded patch for that flexibility. Yeah, definitely. And and it's the, and it also just helps them not get shot, doesn't it? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah, that too. Having a huge the, 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 patch to hide Luba yeah. behind to yeah. save his life now and again. Because that's the thing with, with, with Reagan and Verdant Grove. With like if you're using it with Herbert or Loki, they're usually using it as a way of like creating some kind of screen or blocking things off. She's yeah. That, but also that additional benefit of being able to give them energy. So it's like it's even better with her, isn't it? Um, mm. It's cool. Um, and one thing I just thought about, I just swear, like, just, it, it, it popped into my head as I saw it. Um, I'm guess, I think I'm right on this that with her mist form, because it reduces damage by minus two, if she critical hits that, it'd be, it'd be by minus four, wouldn't it? 
Yeah. So, I mean, she's got melee too, but you know, hmm. sometimes you draw two cards and you get two low guts. <laughs> yeah. Um, or you draw, or you can get more cards. But yeah, that's so she can get very defensive. Which is, yeah. um, if you've got Hoff nearby, she draws an additional card because she's a fawn. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Cool. Right. And she also gets swift one. as well. <laughs> <laughs> we'll move on to the. Uh, Last one, and then obviously we'll talk a bit about them together and, and using them. Things. So that's one is Klaus, mm. who's yeah, the mad cow fawn with a big bell on the end of the chain. Uh, so he's melee three, range two, arcane zero, evade zero. He's, I think it's a he, it's a cow, so I don't know. <laughs> um, flail, so if you deal slicing or piercing, you reduce it to nothing at all, and impact is plus two. But if he plays a high guard or low guard, he suffers two wounds. During the end step, and we'll talk a bit more about that. What, how you can beat him with that later? Um, something that I didn't do during my game with um, Paolo in the tournament that we that we, we talked about afterwards. He's got um, egged on. It's plus one melee for each friendly cultist within six, uh, which is very easy <laughs> to do with six into range. Um, you've got protected, protected Reagan. So if the friendly name model, so if Reagan is on the board and in play, this character gains protection. So the first time the woods have a damage reduced to zero or reduced to nothing at all. So he, it's one of those few times, I think I, said, I don't think there's, hardly ever is a, is, a, is a character named on another character's card. Um, mm. It's named obviously on Herbert's card that you can't bring Grub. I can't actually think of another one. Where, where I think the witches all name other witches. The I witches, think that's it. They do, yes. The witches name other witches. That's a good point. Um, but I, the, 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 it's very rare. So, um, yeah. Yeah. And then he's got a bit called Tub Thumping. Um, anyone who's over about 30 will get that reference. Um, if this character is slain at the end of the action, flip an arcane card. If it's a catastrophe, then he dies. Otherwise, it remains in play with X wounds, where X is the value of the card. It's once per turn. Basically, the first time he dies in a turn, there's a good chance he's going to come back. Yeah, if he gets knocked down, he gets back up again. Yeah. yeah. Okay, yeah. Yeah. Um, and then he's got one one active ability called Hold My Beer. Uh, costs four, so it costs more than he starts with a four inch pulse. All characters within the pulse have one catastrophe printed on their card. The Klaus player chooses the catastrophe, it has several. Targets if required and the order in which the effects occur. So it can be horrific. Get that off in It does affect his own models as well, though. So it's not like he, yeah, which is not necessarily a bad. Which, which would less of all is not necessarily a bad thing. Um, mm. uh, so anyway, his signature is on sweeping cut, and he's it does impact though. Um, and deal zero, two, two, one, one, zero. It all has a follow-up against the rising attack and the low guard, which is a bit interesting. Um, ends up this character suffers one impact damage. This does not count as many damage. Um, <coughs> uh, after he's done it. And obviously, if he played more than one sleeping guy, he'd take two. Um, but yeah, it's beautiful flail around madly. One interesting thing that I've just seen before you, I let you about him is that he's his energy allowance is, is like a gnome it's all at the bottom mm. which is interesting very interesting very unlike any other forms or anything um but yeah 
Yeah. Anyway, I'll let you. I'll let you go. Um, oh, what? Oh, where do I start with Klaus? He is um, brilliant, and if you get a chance to use him, you should because he's a ton of fun. Um, but where to start? Um, well, well, actually, we'll start on your your thing you just mentioned that the everything being skewed to left because it's it's um, it is quite useful for the tub thumping because of tub thumping he comes back on X uh, wounds. Uh, it means if you draw an X three, he's if you go if you draw three, he's going to be going into next round with three energy. Yeah, which is quite useful. It's tub thumping is kind of hard to rely on though because you're gonna obviously you've got the whole deck to go through. If you had a friendly character like I don't know Reagan, perhaps um, milling through the deck, you can remove the catastrophes from the deck, so you definitely won't fail at least. But as far as trying to get a high number, that is just that is just potluck, unfortunately. But interestingly, it, in in the game, so I played against Klaus in in a, in a tournament game, and I killed him, and Paolo turned over catastrophe. <laughs> <laughs> It happens. It did happen. But I also killed him. Well, I mean, I may as well say this now. This doesn't really matter. But I killed him with Fencer. I got through. I got through protection in one go. Oh, very nice. Um, oh yeah. So uh, yeah, because it, yeah, that's as a damage reduction ability because it reduces it reduces damage to nothing. So um, Fencer killed. They actually killed each other. Um, okay. Um, because obviously Klaus was surrounded by cultists, so he had like seven cards, and I had mm. ten cards. I think I paid two more. Um, <laughs> I think I had three thrusts. Um, oh yeah. He had, I think, like three rising attacks. So we just murdered each other. Um, yeah. Come back, so it was quite funny because we just killed each other. So, so standard fence of combat where she absolutely murderizes anything she yeah. attacks, but then immediately dies afterwards. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um. Other th other thing about top thumping actually, which is interesting, is the is the first sentence is very it's worded very peculiar way. So it's if they would be slain, it remains in play until the end of the action. So basically, what that means is if um if an arcane ability kills him and kills him and he incorrectly calls bluff, then any of the follow up attack arcane attacks on him will be kind of useless because he's already dead. Uh, you don't actually resolve top thumping until the end of the action. That's also the case for follow-up attacks as well. It's very situational, but it does come up quite a bit. So he doesn't actually die until the end of the action, which I think the main I think the main one is some follow-up attacks and um, incorrectly calling an arcane bluff. But it does come into effect sometimes. Yeah, no, that does make sense. That does make sense. Yeah. Um, oh, and it's once per turn as well. As once per turn, yeah, obviously. I mean, any more than once per turn would be ridiculous. Yes, yes, it would have been. I mean, it basically would have been another Revenant, which is better, yeah. better hitting stuff. Well, mm. not better Revenant. Yeah. Cards and things. No, this, I, think, I think that was one of the first drafts of Klaus cards. It didn't have once per turn on it. And I think the first thing I sent back to Tom is, I'm going to remove all the catastrophes from the deck and then have a buff Revenant. And it was very quickly, and the once per turn was very quickly added after that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, because if you just brought down, I mean, as you know, you probably wouldn't bring down a curve with things because then you haven't got enough spirits to make her ability worthwhile and you'd be having less cultists, so you probably wouldn't necessarily do that. Um, mm. Well, the, the thing with Danica is um, at least she causes a bunch of catastrophes, 
So she can meddle with fates, draw out maybe two of the catastrophes, and then uh, and then with all the catastrophes, Reagan pulls out the last catastrophe. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Kind of things like that. I yeah. think that was one of the reasons why Expel is you take a number of um, uh, cards equal to the turn number. Because originally it was you take three, but then it was basically Danica's ability again. So you could right. just draw, you could just pull six cards out of the arcane deck, turn one, and um, it's it, 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 it wasn't fantastically fun to play against. But now it's because um, it's a number of um, that would turns. Negative a negative play experience that would. Um, if we go back to yeah. what I mentioned about which I didn't do in my game against Paolo, so I, can't, I don't know if I did it, but basically in a tournament that I played, well, I ran recently, I played in the final with fairies against um, cultists, which include all these three and Callister and, and Bill Daniels. It was a full cultist list. Um, and I didn't, I didn't, it was the first game I didn't take Silverton, and I, I actually I regretted it. Although Fenter did kill Klaus and did get Moonstone, she didn't do badly. But one thing you can do with it, with, with, um, uh, which is quite fun with Silverton, is get Klaus to hit someone else and just play a couple of low guards. Mm. And he wins to himself. <laughs> that's that's pretty good, actually. Um, and if you don't get those, you, you you can still hit someone else. You can still hit your friendly your friendly model and not worry about it. But if you if all mm. you do is high guards and low guards, I'll just play a low play a couple of low guards and at least Klaus suffers two wounds. <laughs> yeah. Um, that's. And obviously that that, yeah, that that gets through. So if he has got protection on, it gets through that because it's wounds, not damage. So. Um, mm. Actually, it was Paolo that mentioned that to me. Um, he said he was really glad when I didn't put Silverton down because he was worried about me doing that. Um, but yeah. Um, so yeah, what what um, interesting with, with 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 that game uh, against Paolo is he, he used Klaus like he's supposed to put him kind of up in the middle with lots of cultists around him, murdered what everyone wanted to murder. Um, hmm. He he died. I say he died. He died defensive because I managed to get free protection. Um, but before he died, defensor he had just killed Wasp and Gotka. <laughs> um, they were they were they did they, they did have reduced wounds, but um, he did kill both of them fairly straightforwardly. Um, yeah. So yeah, so he what he what he did do. He, uh, he he's very good at taking advantage of a lot of supporting models. So yeah. he he really likes any and every buff and sort of dials it up to eleven, which is. Um, yeah, yeah, it means he can go on sprees quite easily. But the second when he goes down, usually the Leshvold player hasn't got many other big hitters to follow up with. Yeah. That, that's what I find with Leshvold. You have maybe one or two big hitters, and everything else is support. So when one or two of those big hitters go down, the sort of, their lists sort of implode very quickly. Yeah, I mean, he, I mean, a good one to put him next to us is is, is, is Lubar, the two of them, because he Lubar benefits mm. him probably isn't going to die, and they're both big hitters. With extended yeah. melee ranges as well, so he quite like being next to him. Um, when I when I was playing against him, one of the first things I realised is I'm not going to try and kill Klaus yet. I'm going to try and kill Reagan instead. <laughs> um, <laughs> it does. Went, and actually, I just realised I, I didn't get through his protection with Fencer. He didn't have it on because I'd already killed Reagan. I thought I thought about that I could do that, but I didn't do it because in the previous turn, Wasp had basically just gone around Klaus and murdered Reagan. <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> I knew that, that that was kind of the linchpin I needed to get rid of um, to make Klaus 
damageable, basically. Um, mm. But um, but we end up in that game. There was like a bottleneck almost. There was a, a piece of obscuring terrain and a barrier and a gap in the middle, and it kind of all went down that little bottleneck. And Klaus is basically in the middle of it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, the two-inch melee zone does help with that sort of thing, doesn't it? Um, yeah, I, 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 know, I know that in Paolo's first two games in that tournament, Klaus did a lot of damage for him. I know he did. He, he did really well. Um, he, did, like I say, he, he, he finished off Wasp and Gotchka, but I don't think he'd have done it very easily if it hadn't been for the fact they were already injured. I think he'd done Peroxim the previous turn. So Wasp was on oh. The wasp was on two wounds, um, yeah, and gotch that was already reduced. Um, but yeah, any any fairy that's hit by the new sort of four damage paroxysm is usually not long for this world. Yeah, 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 and and yeah, like what wasp had been on full health, he'd been on six, so um, he really didn't like. And I think he did it like last activation of the turn as well. So he started the next turn with wasp on two health, um, which was horrific. Um, <clears throat> Yeah, he's he's really good on the offense, but um, I mean, what I found with him when I've been playing with him or against him is the second he's not on the offensive, he's really quite weak because the second you put him in a position where he wants to be playing high guards or low guards, he starts to die very quickly because obviously he doesn't want to play high guards or low guards because they wound him. And then he's playing things like he's playing all his really dangerous attacks when he should be defending and he just goes down really quick yeah 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 he's second his protections off and the top thumping's off he has no armor whatsoever i think he um early on in that game he went up against wasp and did basically nothing at all because he couldn't Hmm. couldn't critical hit him so he was only able to do it a little bit and and wasp was just playing high was playing his like high guard stuff and he he was just taking wounds um i mean luckily in, in a cultist list and I think he, because he had Reagan, Gwendolyn, he had four healers. <laughs> um, so, <laughs> That's standard Leshevolt, really, isn't it? Everything yeah. just happens to be a healer. <laughs> well, which, which makes up for the fact they've got no armor, doesn't it? And very little in the way of defending yeah. a lot of healers instead, um, which which works for the most time, which is why I had to kill Klaus kind of in one go, which I did. And same same when I killed Reagan. I killed Reagan in, in one round of combat, in one activation of combat with with wasp and wasp is very good at killing yeah. stuff he should kill reagan in one day. oh yeah um i think reagan might have even been crowded out so i think she might have been drawing one card um yeah well that definitely sounds like a dead reagan yeah i think gotcha was around because i think he'd pulled gotcha in because gotcha had a had a moonstone and then wasp was around the side and just stabbed reagan from a distance <laughs> <laughs> um but interestingly, in that in that game was is we got we got to that that turn and, and Paolo said oh, I I don't think I can win this game I think I think it's yours now and I looked at him and went mate you can definitely win this game I don't know <laughs> like go and kill them with Klaus and you're gonna win <laughs> um, he, he he literally almost conceded this oh this, wow this I mean you said it was close it was it was really good he literally said I don't know if I can win this I said well for the start it'll it'll depend on who goes first in this next next round because if I go first yes I'm going to run away with Gotchka and the Moonstone but if you go first you're going to kill both of them like, oh yeah no I didn't think about that so because he was he was going to start that fourth round without protection on him because Reagan was dead um, ah, yeah. 
he was like worried that he was just gonna die and i was like yeah he might die but he, he's gonna take everyone else out with him <laughs> <laughs> yeah he, he does that doesn't he um have you not even got on to hold my beer yet he, he doesn't have to just punch things hold my beer is um against the right troops it's i mean when i was play testing him paolo was i was playing against paolo as well and he was using the witches and they of course have all of their pulse out loads of damage catastrophes yeah so i managed to use hold my beer in the the center of his um witch troop and basically combining all the pulses i pulsed out about six maybe four damage and basically his entire troop sort of melted yeah and because all of his troops are suffering catastrophes every time they suffered the catastrophe reagan drew a card yeah yeah definitely yeah so perfect but what what the, when i first read that bit the first thing i thought was give him an entity from brother daniel End is nigh him yeah. the ball into the middle. Plus, of like some gnomes with guns or some goblins with stuff. Mm. <laughs> Blow them all up. <laughs> um, that's yeah, oh, that's pretty brutal against some lists. Yeah, yeah, yes. Yeah, the, the only thing you, the only thing you got to look out for is against some Commonwealth lists where they got old Calders or Gravik because they yeah. just give out catastrophe immunity to the whole troop. So yeah. if you hold my beer in the middle of one of those troops, then you're well, all you're going to do is catastrophe your offends. Yeah, yeah. All you're doing is wasting a lot of energy, basically. Yeah. Um, mm. But um, yeah, I mean, I mean, obviously, and and there's always the issue if you, if you stick him in the middle of a lot of goblins with with guns, he's going to get shot. Yeah. Well, you can do it, but yeah. Um, and and there's always the risk that, that someone's going to pull the energy off him before you can do it. Like you could say, oh mm. yeah, stick him in a load of fairies who can all who all got damage, pretty much got wounds as their catastrophes. He could do that. But I could just nick his energy off him <laughs> before he could. <laughs> um, there is, there is. Yeah. But I mean, it's you know, it, 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 and order activation would matter in that. You wouldn't want to do it as like second activation because there's a good chance he's gonna he's gonna get hit first. Um, mm. if you, but if you can put put him there so he's the last one to activate in the turn, then it could be it could be really brutal. But it, it would take some setting up to do. Um, mm. Yeah, and against against goblins in particular, you really don't want him in the middle of a goblin troop with no energy, because if the goblin troop has C6 Stew or Doug, then they're just going to stand three inches away from him and poke him to death. Yeah, and they're they're going to stand out of his melee range. And I mean, traditionally, when someone when something like that happens, you just play guards and you usually yeah. survive. He doesn't want to play guards, so you have to start, you know, playing these aggressive cards to defend yourself, and he just. Melts and dies. It's. I think Paolo Paolo did that one against me at some point with the, uh, teleporting uh, Brother Daniel into the middle of a um, goblin troop and then holding my beer and catastrophing them all. I think during one of the painful miniatures uh, online conventions, and um, I just waited with Doug. Uh, the second class was on no energy. Doug just sort of moved around and just poked him four times and killed him. Yeah. And there's nothing to do about it. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Um, you could definitely do that with someone like Stu or Lubard or um, maybe even Tabby if you're desperate as well. Just anything with a three-inch melee zone yeah, can just... As you say, like with Tabby, like, he's got no damage. He's obviously got protection where you need to get through that first. But as you say, he can't play the guards. So mm. you can play a falling swing against him or rising attack, basically knowing you're going to do damage to him. Because even if he does... Play yeah. He's gonna take two wounds from it anyway, so um, mm. yeah. yeah, so he, yeah, really hates being on the defensive, yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, 
So that, that's one that, of the reasons. That's, the ways, that, that's really one of the ways to beat him, isn't it? Is 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 hitting yeah. him, hitting with a three inch melee basically. Um, mm. And obviously things like uh, one, I think probably one of the best ways to to hurt him would be something like the um, goblin airship as well, because you can just ping his mm. ping his protection off and then just ping him with peace. Yeah, <laughs> really far away. Uh, bits of damage that because you've got no defense against it. Bits of damage mm. get right down. Um, Any bits of energy efficient damage, just yeah, ping off the protection. That's one problem sorted. And then you've got to, you have you have to try and kill him in one turn because if you let it roll over to another turn, his protection and his tub thumping resets. Yeah, but I mean, if you yeah. do sort of commit to killing him in one turn, he is quite easy to kill. You just need to ping off those once per turn damage reductions. And also, you also want to try and kill him in one if you can, and it's you know. I guess that's the ideal with any with any model is you want to kill them in one activation because he's probably yeah. sitting in a list with a load of healers. <laughs> As we said, <laughs> yeah. let's be the cultists, yeah. not for the cultists are healers. Uh, I mean, Cavanagh's mm. not and, and Lubard's not, but um, he is going to be surrounded with a fair few healers. So unless he's the last one, yeah. he's probably going to get healed next turn. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I think... I think that goes without saying, unless you're in general, if you don't kill something one activation, it's probably going to get healed back up to full immediately. Yeah, but then they've run out of, they might run out of healers if you do that repeatedly. So, yeah. And also, I mean, that's that, 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 a tactic in itself, isn't it? If they're spending all their energy healing, they're not spending it digging up moonstones or doing stuff to you. So, yeah. It's, it's, and I, and I've said, I said that to people before. They said, oh, but you're just going to heal them. I said, yeah, I am. But then I'm going to spend energy healing rather than mm. get the move the next to me, or rather than moving up and shooting you, I'm going to have to heal all the time. So think about yeah. where you're using your two energy to fire your, fire your gun at me, which you don't really want to, but your character can't do anything else because nothing else to do. Mm. And I'm going to have to do healing. And, so you're making and me. Klaus, so. And Klaus does definitely need a lot of healing because even with his signature dealing himself damage, I mean, he can ping his own protection off him with his signature. And if his protection's already gone, he was going to start hissing himself if he's overly using his signature. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because his signature does one bit one impact, doesn't it? So, yeah. So, it, it, yeah. Not himself, yeah. Um, yeah, exactly. So, um, I, 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 hadn't, I, hadn't, I hadn't tweaked with me, actually, that his, um, yeah, his signature will take his own protection off him. I don't think, I don't know if that came into play in the game or not. Mm. I don't actually think he played his signature that often because of that move, probably for that reason. Um, yeah, because it's um, because it's on a sweeping cut. You can't exact. You can't. You can't play it and then decide. Oh, I won't upgrade it. I'll just do this much damage because sweeping cut slicing, and he doesn't deal slicing. If you play a sweeping cut, you have to. He has to commit to his signature. He can't like other characters sort of play down the card and then decide whether or not later he's going to play it. Uh, uh, upgrade to signature. I guess the, the only the only obvious exception with that was if they played a thrust. You go, okay, well, I'm just gonna, I am just gonna bounce back at you and then play something else. But um, mm. well, yeah. well, even then, sometimes if he's got um, three sweeping cuts in hand, you, you yeah. don't up, you um, you just you upgrade it, and then you got six, sorry, flail, eight impact damage, and then you just you know take the three return damage you get on the chin. Yeah, yeah. Well, actually, it would only be two if he has the protection up because if you. The first one would get rid of protection, and you need to take two more. Um, mm. so you take two damage, but yeah, um, he is—he is fun. I think. I think. I think he's a really. Oh, yeah. I really like one thing. I really like, and it's the same thing I liked about. I like about Reagan and Klaus is they have, like, 
similar abilities to other models, but they are still really unique. Um, mm. Klaus, he's a melee, but he's a melee character. His job is to hit stuff, but he does it yeah. in a different way to other melee characters. He's not he's not just an alternative mm. Lubard or an alternative Hoth or an alternative Jackalope. You know, he does something different to the other left of our melee characters. Um, yeah, in Reagan, she's not just another healer who can benefit. Other, she does other stuff, and same with Gwendolyn. Like, um, they are they are all still that like, unique, and that's something that I think um, is a real credit to, to Tom and his model design, his character design, is that he's still creating these this melee. You've got, you've got melee characters, you've got shooting characters, you've got support characters, but mm. they're all different, and they all do different things still, and they're still you still have. Yeah. They're like, oh, can I choose this healer or this healer? But actually, this healer does all this other stuff, and this healer does all this other stuff. So what am I getting out of this person apart I mean, from just healing? So it's like, you know, that's it's it's a really interesting way of... It, it really adds to how you have to make a troop up. Um, particularly if you're playing... Yeah. If you're just playing for a laugh, you just play whatever you like. I mean, <laughs> um, like, well, I, I played a game... Because we did the talk... So we're on it on the Monday. Tournament on Saturday where I played against Paolo with this cultist list and then last night him and Erica and Jack came down to to my house and we played a four player game um mm-hmm. to a giant which was really fun because I I said well why don't we why don't we have four models each just to make it mental <laughs> so <six laughs> models on the board and we me and Jack played against those two and we played a full pirate list with ah great just because I thought yeah brilliant we can bring all the pirates uh, and we had Beaky as well for an extra healer um mm. They brought a full Commonwealth list, I and mean, what we weren't—we literally were like, "Oh, let's let's set this up; it'd be hilarious." So we made sure we set up Fancy Hat against Swash, <laughs> just to see what happens. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm going to go and do it. So he did, and I don't care who wins. We'd have to get this done. Yeah. Uh, oh yeah, brutal. And I won't, I won't spoil it because I've recorded it, and the video will come out will come out soon. But um, oh, and it was. A I need to know game. that one. It was a fun game. It was. It was. It was and we just I- we, we very much played it like. We're not really trying to win that much. You're always trying to win, but we're also oh, yeah. we're also going to do some silly stuff just to see what happens. Um, yeah. So yeah, so that, like, and that's my point. Is like you, you you can build a competitive list as we've seen with this. They, this this cultist, these three cultists with a couple of other ones have won a tournament. Um, but you can also just play a fluffy, fun, and do some mental stuff yeah. just for kids and giggles. Yeah. Um, yeah, you can also set up Klaus and four other characters with good catastrophes, and then just catastrophe bomb yourself every turn, and just work out what work out what's going from there. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, so yeah, um, obviously we talked a bit about uh, troops you can put them in, but I'll, I'll, I'll let because I've, I've talked a bit about the troop that I faced, the, the cultist troop of Gwen, Megan, yeah. Klaus, Daniel and Callister and how Paolo played them as that cultist list. They had a lot of healing and they had a lot of um, arcane manipulation and stuff. Um, but he really did focus it really into what he could do with Klaus. It was very mm-hmm. much like Klaus was the centre of what he was going to do with that. He did he did get Proxim off, which was cool. Um, but he did very much build it around Klaus. That's why I think he got very worried that if Klaus died, what was he going to do, basically? Um, yeah. Uh, which, win the game (laughs) that's that's sort of similar to how i traditionally play witches i have witches another support model and a big hitter and it's just everything pumps energy into that one big hitter 
that one big hitter goes on. I'm saying big hitter, Lubard. It's Lubard. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, there's, there's no need to be um, discreet. It's Lubard. It's always Lubard the witches. So yeah, four characters pumping Lubard full of energy and buffs. And basically, he goes on an absolute tear. And I think the event which I run the weekend prior, um, Tom was playing Chris from Dice with Life. And I think he got Lubard up to six energy and Lubard went uh, straight into the fairies and I think killed three of them in one activation but I, th I think Lubard uh, soon quickly died after that and I don't think he actually got any more uh, uh, Lubard's uh, player got any I think Tommy was playing I don't think Tom got any more kills that game because his his big hit his big leisure vault hit was down so we didn't really have much to follow up with yeah I mean, in my yeah. previous game in the tournament, like I said, uh, I played against Witches. Later. I played against Witches with Lubard and the Revenant. Yeah, I, I went to the list. And, oh my god, I've got to try and kill Lubard. How? Because I, I can't kill the Revenant. So what? And I had no. I didn't. I didn't. I stupidly didn't really bring anything to deal with the Revenant. Um, yeah, faced him once, but I mean, basically, I played against. He's a really nice guy, but slightly newer to the game and he made what you'd kind of call if he's listening to this please don't take this the wrong way that kind of noob error of picking up moonstones with his melee characters so he picked up moonstones with lubard the revenant and zoya and basically oh no by the end of, by the end of turn two i said to him you can't win because i'm just gonna leg it with my fairies <laughs> <laughs> And he, he, gonna do they? he he got Lubard up to six energy. And then I was like, yeah, but I'm 12 inches away. <laughs> mm. And you're carrying a moonstone. So it's like, I think he did manage to hit. He did maybe, because I, I put, I picked up, I picked up the moonstones with, I think it was Wasp, Diana, and Freya. I picked it up with Diana because he did meddle with fate with Danica in turn one. You know, typical thing. Ah, right. But well, he's probably taken out the pinks. Because although he's stuff on pinks, if he takes out the pink three, he knows I can't do that much. So I just thought, well, I won't do that with Diana. I'll pick up Moonstone. And I just relegated to Harvester. Yeah. But it worked. I, I just put hmm. Gotka and Silvertongue basically just stood in the way. Because Gotka's <laughs> hard to get to the best time and Silvertongue can stop you hitting him. So I just stood there with those two. Um, and Wasp just raged Diana. She picked up a, a, a four moonstone, Fred picked up the other ones, and they all just legged it. Well, got to, I mean, I think I think he killed Gotka and Siltan, but by that point, yeah, I was near my own board. They didn't have stones. So, yeah. Um, yeah. So then that was I, I told him after he said, Oh, I didn't feel like it was fair. I was like, well, mate, you made the really simple error of, of picking up you picked up the stones with the wrong people, picked them up with Danica and picked them up with Antonia mm. and let Zoya, the Revenant, and Lubar going because if they got in, they would have just plowed their way through my troop. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm, a, I'm quite a fan because the the problem with the big your big melee hitters turn one is they generally do absolutely nothing. So what I quite like doing with them is you jog up to a stone, harvest it down to one, and then let one of your support characters come along and uh, harvest it. Because yeah. I mean they've they've actually spent their energy turn one. That means, but it also means they're still running around four inches jog and getting into well catching up with all the fairies basically yeah but yeah definitely that's that that, that is like i would say the number one tactic with them is yeah because it's particularly, particularly useful with that's basically what i used one thing they used gotcha for in my games is he dug up moonstones and then the fairies came and picked up the last one 
because they're because they're, they're not yeah good, they they are good at picking up ones. <laughs> hmm. I think in, in two games I played with him, they were in turn one he dropped a one that was a three down to one. Next turn he walked over to the next one that was a three to double down to a one, and he's still there almost in the middle of the board now. Gotchgut, who's a pain to get through at the better times, but he'd he made. <laughs> He basically meant that Freya picked up, picked up that, one, that one and could still heal, um, mm. still do other stuff. So it, it worked out. It worked out well. Yeah. Um, so Vespers. Yeah, so I was going to say Vespers going to be very good for that when she comes out. Yeah. Yeah. She still needs some work on her, doesn't she? I think she's still the one that Tom's most concerned about in terms yeah. of protesting. But um, she still. Seems yeah. To one of one or two tweaks, I think. Yeah, yeah. I don't think she's she's not a million miles away. She's still a few tweaks still. Yeah, I I just want a massive wasp uh, fairy riding it yeah. for students with javelins to paint because that sounds amazing. Yeah, I can't wait for that. I'm really looking forward to Vespa because I really I think she'll. I know this is a complete tangent away from what we're talking about, but um, I just love that she's going to bring something completely different to a fairy list. Mm. I mean, Herbert brings something different to a fairy list, but. He's still undoubtedly a fairy if you look at the stat line. Yeah, Vesper. If you looked at her, if you if you blanked everything on all the um, the art and the faction symbols on Vesper, you could confuse her for a Commonwealth model. Yeah, but yeah. there are those one or two hints that in some of the abilities that nah, she's not quite a Commonwealth model. There's one or two sort of sneaky things which yeah, only a Dominion <laughs> character could truly have. Yeah. Anyway, back to my Um So what I was going <laughs> to play to next. So we've. I mean, we've. You know, as I knew we would, it's just, a, you know, and, and it's the way I like to do these podcasts. I like to do them as a conversation rather than bullet points to go down. Um, mm. But apart from the, the, the five I said about the, the iPad games, I'd be interested to know the, the troops that, not necessarily all three of these together. Um, I mean, Cloud probably does like to be with both these other two. Um, and Gwendolyn, we talked a bit about because she's pretty, she can go in, she's very versatile and can go into a lot of lists with Leshevar and with Definitely. Leshevar. But let's focus on Reagan then, because we talked a lot about Klaus and what he likes to be with. What other lists would you run Reagan in then? What other troops do you think you'd like to run Reagan with? I'll um I'll be honest, every time I use Reagan, I also always bring Klaus along because the buff she gives to Klaus is just so worth it. Yeah, so I, she always they're, they're like a two that comes a bit like, you know. Yeah. If you bring fancy hat, you bring Eric. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, and as I understand, there's something in the law about them, but um, I've only seen snippets on the Facebook page, which Susie has been posting, and I'm quite looking forward to reading that. Yeah, yeah, no, I, yeah. I, I, haven't, I haven't read the read the law about those two. Um, mm. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure there is otherwise, because because the law, the narrative does tend to link quite well with how the models play. Um, yeah, which is brilliant. And, and I think, and, and speaking to both Susie and Tom, I think they've they've worked like really closely on particularly in this second book to make sure that happens really, really well. Um, mm. And it was something that we, that I remember talking to Susie about in the last podcast, where she said that actually one of the things she really enjoyed about writing for this is that the characters and their backgrounds and how they play in the, in, in the, on the tabletop and how they, how they, for, therefore how they kind of work within the world itself was already written for her. Um, mm. But she didn't have to come up with any characters because like Gwendolyn, her abilities are, are, are a reflection of her character. Mm. Just like Diana, 
her abilities are a reflection of her personality kind of thing. And same with, same with all these models, like Daniel, Brother Daniel, I, I, when I created him, I created him as a reflection of a mad priest who's just a bit irritating. Um, you know, and same with all these models. Oh, well, it comes off, don't worry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and you can see that in, 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 I think, pretty much all the models. They play how you expect their model. When, when, you, hear, when you read about them in the narrative, they play mm. like that on the tabletop, which is really, really nice. Um, yeah, anyway, that's another tangent we've gone on. Um, yeah. But apart from Klaus, which is definitely a definite one, how well, what else does that have to play with Reagan? Yeah, well, I, I've used these sort of, I sort of, I think, I think the, the sort of normal, straightforward go-to with Klaus and the troop box is like a cultist list. So you like to, you take those three, throw in Lubard and another cultist of your choice, like Callisto or Daniel. I've actually quite enjoyed playing Klaus and Reagan in a fawn list. Because they are both fawns. Gwendolyn doesn't always make the cut for that one because she's not a fawn. But Klaus and Reagan in the form list are nice. Because um, Hoff, Hoff isn't a cultist, but all fawns within six inches of him get plus one melee. Yeah. So he, he, he's yeah, kind of a cult. Yeah. Yeah, he's kind of a cultist in that regard. And he also gives Klaus Swift, which um, if, if you're playing against something with. Yeah, if you're playing against somebody and they have three-inch melee models, you always leave Klaus on one energy. If they come in just to outrange him, he just bolts two inches towards them, and yeah. now they've got a problem. And other sort of horrible things you can do with Swift with repositioning and stuff, whatnot. And Hoff also gives, has Hunting Horn, so you can just throw Klaus up the board really far turn one, and you can just get him into the midst of your opponent's turn two. And if he's if he's about to run into the midst of the opponent's turn two, uh, you don't activate Klaus first. You activate Chobs first, who gives Klaus two energy, and now he has enough energy for a swift reaction step, and he can just run in and hold my beer. Please, yeah, yeah, I love it. It's that's yeah. that's how I um that's one of my favorite playtest games with these guys was against because we were both using Klaus and Reagan, and. Um, I was using Klaus and Reagan with the fawns, and Paolo was using Klaus and Reagan with the witches. And I, I did basically what I just said. I rocketed Klaus up the board. So at the end of turn one, he was basically near the center line. Uh, turn two, jobs to give him energy. And then he just ran in and used hold my beer. And most of the witches just died because that's so many catastrophes for them. Yeah. And of course, <laughs> Reagan yeah. was drawing cards off that. I think I found a pink two or something. So one of the witches who had survived, I targeted him with Malachite Ritual. Didn't even need to draw a hand. I just placed the cards down that Reagan set aside. She's dead. Okay. <laughs> it was pretty brutal. Yeah. Um, and um, I, mean, I also brought along... So yeah, that works really well, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah. I also brought along Boris the Bunny Summoner because um, he's got... There's one issue with the fawns is they don't have any nice catastrophes apart from Boris the Bunny Summoner. So turn one, I pumped up Klaus to just enough energy to hold my beer and then hold, held my beer on Boris. So that was an extra free bunny and Reagan drew a card as well. And, and oh, the other, the other, so, so we're on, we're on Zoom. We can see each other and Dan is just shaking his head in <laughs> utter contempt. And I've not even got to my favorite part of this yet. It's because if you hold my beer on turn two and the, the, the whole troop was Hoff, Chubbs, Klaus, Reagan, Boris, if you hold my beer on turn two and draw a three, then any point in the turn you can activate Boris, summon Jackalope, and you've got a guaranteed Jackalope too. 
Oh, <laughs> yeah. Wow. The the after the um the catastrophe bomb on the witches though, I, I it didn't need a jackalope. Boris already had three bunnies as well because Chubbs had got him up to six energy, summoned two, and Klaus had catastrophed out another one for him. I found it quite entertaining because there was just fawns flying all over the place and one was carrying around a catastrophe bomb which kept blowing up yeah. and Boris was swarming the, bo the board with bunnies with the ever-looming threat of Reagan playing a three to get him a jackalope yeah. I um yeah I was enjoying it so that that's that's probably my favorite Klaus and Reagan list just because I really enjoy the fawns and if um if you played the fawns they've they don't really have much in the way of a big heavy hitter who can take hits. Well, they don't have much in the way of a big heavy hitter who wants to take hits. Yeah. And Klaus is just exactly that. And Reagan gives more energy and the forms love more energy as always. Yeah. Yeah, because Hoff is, I mean, he's got nine health, but he doesn't, yeah. have, he doesn't have any defense. So he, he will mm. take damage. Um, even the Jackalope. Yeah. Um, yeah. For the same, same reason. This is impact. Mm. That's, you know, yeah, like yeah. Hoff, Hoff can take hits. Is what, what the way I play Hoff is he can take hits, but he doesn't want to because right. if he's taking hits, he's locked in melee, and if he's locked in melee, he's not able to use Hunting Horn. And I really like keeping all my fawns as mobile as humanly possible when I'm playing um, fawns, and then yeah, so clap. So, um, Hoff is moving all the fawns around, turns one, two, maybe three. And then sort of on the tail end of the game where I don't need the hunting horn as much or I really need to lock something in combat, Hoff rushes forwards and sometimes, you know, a, a good a good draw, Furious Charge and his signature can either kill something or move it so far away it's out of place. <laughs> but um yeah, I've I, I love I love when I'm really lucky with the um Hoff signature, you pull three falling swings, you're like, okay, that's 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 three impact damage. Also you're knocked three inches back. Yeah. <laughs> that, that was how Jack played the fawns. He played them with mm. moving them around loads. Because whenever I kind of checked it, because I, I know I was playing games and told them I was kind of checking around and people were asking me rules questions and things. Um, yeah. I don't think Jack ever lost more than one model in his game. Mm. Because he just, no, no one was getting near him. He was just going all over the place. Yeah. Um, yep. Interestingly, I played, we did like a, practice, a tournament practice game. I think it was the night before the tournament. He came out oh, two days before the tournament. And he played his fawns. I actually played the Goblin Goblin King. So I was originally going to mm. take, take the Goblin Kings. I didn't want to take fairies because I'd used them last time. The reason I took fairies in the tournament because we got there, no one was using fairies. And there was already someone ah. who made the exact Goblin King list I was taking. So I thought, actually, you know what? I'll do fairies just so that it's, we've got some variety in here. Um, mm. but he, he beat my Goblin King list quite easily when I played against him with those fawns. Um, mm. I didn't get... Part of it was luck, but actually that the Goblin King list, I thought it was Goblin King, Shavaroon, Vibold, uh, Doug, and another one. <laughs> so was it? Oh, Probably a healer. And, 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 the um, ah. and what I found was is I just didn't get that that list relies on luck. Quite a, more heavily than other lists. So Shavaroon was doing yeah. mischief. And I was only ever getting one, one catastrophe, nothing. Next turn, one catastrophe, nothing, nothing. Oh, so it's like, and, and but that can happen. Yeah. And I like try to do transcorbulation, no threes. Right. Well, I'm not going to try and bluff it. 
you know, he'll just die. So, yeah. and that the thing that, and whereas the whereas the, the the fawns that he was playing are quite sort of reliable with what they want to do. They know mm. what they want to do and they do it well. Um, yeah, because Shavaroon not... is very. Um, yeah, Shavaroon is incredible, but only when he's slipping the right things. He's very unreliable. <laughs> yeah. And I think like, I tried to resurrect someone and just didn't get the cards again. So that was the mortician done, couldn't heal, and I didn't bring the person back. Um, so, you know, and, and that's that's how that list works. Sometimes it works really well and you just plow your way through them and sometimes it just doesn't. It just completely falls on its head. Um, the guy who played them at the tournament, I mean, he got really unlucky in his first game. Holy crap, I've never seen such bad luck. He... <laughs> um, he tried to so in, in the whole course of the game, Doug did eight harvest actions. In those eight yeah. harvest actions, he got seven catastrophes. <laughs> oh. Said, oh, that's horrible. I think we worked out that along with that ribald blowing up and Shabaroon, he did 26 wounds to his own troop. <laughs> <laughs> um, not surprisingly, he lost spectacularly. <laughs> um Luckily, he's a really nice bloke who's just like nice to have fun and, and, and can take it on the chin kind of thing. But yeah. I've never seen such bad luck as that. I mean, that even trumps my Gwendolyn getting headshotted in one in one in one one turn by by quarrel because um, that was just. I, I was playing on the table next to him. He went, Dan, Dan, it's happened again. It happened again, Dan. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, oh. cool. So. The last thing, really. Sorry, we're trying. I know. I love. I love the tangent we go on, and I know we're going to go on, and and I don't ever deny yeah. that we do it because it's. I think it's part of the charm of listening to the podcast. Um, oh, this is this is why I didn't continue too much back with the goblin stuff because if I continued back with the goblin stuff, we'd yeah. go on for another you hour, I reckon. Let's just say, tell you what, I can even find it. If you want to know more about goblins and how Joe plays them, listen to episode. <laughs> episode. Oh, I lost it now. Episode the, the only episode eighteen was playing yeah. goblins with Joe. Listen to that episode, and you know more about goblins. Um, the, the only problem with that is it only goes up to uh, the goblin pirate box now. It does, yeah. So, oh, actually, there's only five. No, sorry, three new releases since then. So it's yeah. not too out of date. Not too out of date. Well, we, we probably will have to do another playing goblins at some point. Um, I know what a shame. So the last thing really to cover in terms of these three for this box is, I mean, and we obviously we touched on it a little bit, but is how to beat them. Um, <laughs> now, I guess I'll start with, with, with and I, we mentioned it a little bit with, when I'm talking about when I played in that tournament, and I know I'll come back to it, but it's my biggest experience of playing them, so that's why I keep doing it. Um, like I almost won that game by targeting the white models, so kill Reagan. Um, if Klaus hadn't basically almost killed him, was almost ready to die from the fencer, I were, probably would have gone after. I probably would have gone after Gwendolyn. I actually would have gone. I would have sent fencer after Gwendolyn rather than after Klaus. But I had to kill Klaus because he was then stood there next to two moonstones. So I knew I had to kill him otherwise. I had no luck. But it would have Gwendolyn. I'd have gone for next because um, I think well, first start fencer probably would have killed her easier unless she got her high guard off. Um, but. Yeah, I mean, killing Klaus, I think we kind of talked about how Klaus killed Klaus a little bit. You can, there's ways of getting through his protection and killing him in one activation or getting mm. him near the end of the turn, that kind of thing. Um, but are there, are there any particular, 
Let me take a troops that you think are particularly well suited to fight. Let's stick with this cultist list, because I think this is kind of, these three do lend themselves more towards a cultist heavy list. Yeah. How many troops do you think, well, that's a troop that if, if someone told me they were bringing a, a, a Klaus cultist list, this is what I would bring to beat them. What would you bring to beat them? Goblin airship's a good bet, because goblin airship is probably one of the best things in the game for pinging um, protection. It's just yeah. one energy, DLX damage, simple. Um, it ignores, does it ignore obstacles? I can't remember, is it ignore terrain? I think it ignores cover, I think, is the yeah. one. Klaus isn't particularly evasive either. He's only evade no. zero, no. so no. pretty easy to hit. Um, goblin airship. Let's see. Um, yeah, not modified by cover, so you can't hide from it, basically. Um, hmm. Yeah, so Goblin Airship is a good one. And also, yeah. the Goblin Airship can't get hit by Klaus. <laughs> so, yeah. It, well, it, it can't suffer damage from their main death source of damage. So, um, yeah, yeah. He can hold my beer it, but four energy to put, what is it, two or three wounds? The catastrophe on the Goblin Airship? Um, Goblin Airship, two wounds, yeah. Yeah, four energy to put two wounds on something. It's just not. Yeah. And there isn't much it's... else in that list. I mean, Raven can obviously do X wounds. Yeah. Gwendolyn can't damage it. I, can't damage this it. is just can't damage it. there's not a lot of other arcane damage. So yeah, okay, you don't do damage. Uh, I don't really care because you can't come with anything else. Um Yeah, it's just less vault in general. They just aren't too well, the fawns are okay with it, but they're just not great at dealing with airships. Yeah. Yeah, the fawns aren't too bad because yeah, you've got a lot of bows basically. Um Yeah, you've got, you've got a couple of bows and um who else? Uh Council Seal uh, characters deal damage, uh, sorry, deal wounds can get around protection. That's another way around it. Yeah, so things like Fencer and Vicious Midget, the ones that, that, that get through passivities are always useful. Yeah. Um, um, anything with a lot of control abilities, because he's only got evade zero, so if you want to drain his energy, you can drain his energy pretty easy. If you want to move him to the mm -hmm. wrong place, you can move him into the wrong place pretty easily. Yeah, so like Seasick or Diana... Um, yeah, yeah. And then there's a few others. Those are the two that spring first mm. to mind. But um, and and stuff with mind control as well. Yeah. Mind control or puppeteer or the yeah the, the, the likes because he can usually hit one of his friends because he's got a nice big melee range and he wants to be close to them. And um, if he doesn't pull, if he doesn't pull sweeping cut, which will guarantee damage his friends and himself, then he can just the death. Yeah, so I think I think it cuts like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He can just do the low guards and the, and the high guards to himself. Um, mm. And as, as we mentioned earlier, things with three inch melee because he can't hit them back yeah. and doesn't want to play the guards. It's a good way of dealing with him because I think if you in that cultist list, if you can kill Klaus, you can then just kind of plow through the rest of them. Yeah, You're pretty much like I mean, because Gwendolyn can't hit anything, Reagan can't hit anything, Callister doesn't really hit anything. Daniel, he's you know he can hit a little bit, but yeah. Not yep. a main damage dealer, he's just not terribly. Yeah. The, the worst threats after Klaus goes down is a healer with a two inch melee range and a healer with a dagger, so yeah, exactly. not yeah. really, yeah, yeah, you, too you, much because it basically means that you can then move your troop up without worrying about them really, really worrying about them dying. Um, particularly if mm. you're in goblins or, or commonwealth because they've got so much health, Daniel isn't gonna, yeah. Daniel and, and Kalasta aren't gonna get through Fritz, mm. <laughs> you know. Um, you know, or a giant. 
Actually, whilst we're on Conwell, Fancy Hat's not too bad at dealing with him because he's got the plate armor, so he's not going to take too much damage in response. And after his protection, tough thumping pings, he can just. He's quite good at just running into something in a one-on-one fight and beating it. And especially yeah. if you play Master Strike, Master, you could play Master Strike once, ping the protection, and then if you've got a follow-up attack, then start dealing massive damage to him. Yeah, even better if you have two two falling swings and then play something else afterwards. One falling swing, yeah, do more damage the next one, and then do a thrust or whatever you like. Um, yeah, exactly. And obviously, if you've got Gotchka nearby, you know that Franchi's going to be safe for a little bit. Um, yeah. So yeah, fancy is not about. And then and yeah, I think I guess like um like Kaufman, good against them. No, you aren't coming at me actually, you're gonna go that way. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah, so there is there are, there are things things out there that, that, that can do it clearly. Um mm. I think that so as as kind of we said, like Klaus hits like a ton of bricks if you set set it up. Yeah. Also falls like one. It's kind of like the bigger yeah. one of the four, isn't it? Like he, he's big and scary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He does go down. He, he loves being on. He loves being on the offensive. Any time there's a melee and he's the attacker, he's loving it. Any other situation, he absolutely hates it. Yeah. And that's probably the that's probably the best way to play Klaus. Honestly, just always make sure he's the aggressor in combat, and you're probably not going to go too badly. Anytime he's not the aggressor in combat, he's going to start falling apart, though. <laughs> Yeah, because there was one point in the game against Paolo where he did um, plant placards, and I thought he was going like, to move yeah. everyone up. He didn't. He pulled them mm. all back. So he pulled Klaus back, yeah. behind, almost like behind his line. And the first time I did, I was like, "That's weird." I've got all my moonstones over here. I can just run away now. And, I, and then once I've done it, I was like, "Oh, I, I see what you've done." <laughs> <laughs> just saved Klaus. That's what you've done, basically. Um, mm. It's an, it an interesting one. Interesting one. Yeah. Oh, and yeah, just har- harassing Klaus enough so that the entirety of the opponent's troop has to spend all of their energy just keeping Klaus alive and supported. And then whilst they're doing, and then whilst you've got your one or two models forcing his and uh, your opponent's entire troop into supporting Klaus, your other three models could just grab stones and run off. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Um, exactly. I mean, models like um, I mean, Tito is a bit brutal against him because there's such a good chance of getting a high cards. <laughs> yeah. Isn't doing anything at all. I mean, Tito's good against a lot of many characters, to be fair. Yeah. Just I mean, whilst, whilst we're on that, we could Revenant, just run Revenant in. Klaus yeah, isn't going to kill the Revenant. Revenant and actually, obviously you've got Reagan probably in that troop who can help deal with, deal with the Revenant, but um, mm. but it then means oh, but, doing that and not doing something else. So um, Yeah. And the final left, quite left field um, um, option is using Reagan against Klaus because she ignores passives with Malachite Ritual. So yeah. if Klaus is on two or three wounds remaining and she kills him with Malachite Ritual, he he, he, he gets knocked down, but he doesn't get back up again. Yeah, yeah, because whilst resolving, you ignore passivities. Yeah, so he can't use touch something. Yep. Yeah, that is a good one. It's a good one. Um, so whilst, <laughs> uh, whilst if, if Klaus is on two wounds at the start of a turn, normally you have to put like two attacks into him to burn protection and tub thumping. But she just needs a pink too, and she gets around all of those passes. Yeah, I'd also I'd also argue that um, pirate's quite good against him, just because the sheer number of pistols he got firing at him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you just yeah, you've got four pistols. That's a pistol for turn one, a pistol for turn two, pistol for yeah. turn three. And if you've got obviously El Capitano, he can give the extra energy to um, Swiggity to fire twice. Crash yeah. hasn't got it, but then. Um, 
So oh, can give the energy to El Capitano, so he can then fire twice as well. Yeah. So you got two yeah, yeah. four pistol shots between them. Mm. Well, the, well, El Capitano is four energy base, so he can shoot, reload, shoot oh, he does, he off is, his base energy anyway. Yeah, and El Cap, yeah, El Capitano gets sweet energy, so he can shoot, reload, shoot. Stu's there for the three inch melee, and um, Crossy Balboa, I think, has a one energy deal damage ability, so that's good for popping protection as well. Yeah. Where is it? It's, yeah, it's punch. One energy. Target suffers two impact damage. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and he's also quite tough and has a lot of health. So he's just hard. Yeah. Anyway. Um, yeah. So, yeah, if, even if Klaus runs in and starts hitting him, Krusty's probably going to do some decent damage back. Yeah. 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 He does tend to do that. Um, hmm. But, yeah. Or if you're, um, or if you go first, you can try and get first of the month off on him. Just lock Klaus in place, and he can't attack Rusty Balboa. Yeah, yeah. So there's a few. There's, there's definitely options there. It's interesting, isn't it? The more you talk about it, the more options you see of dealing with it. Um, yeah, I mean the 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 amount of models in the game is there's so many more models in the game now compared to when I first came on. Talks about goblins that there is sort of there are ways around everything. It feels like because there's just a, enough in the game. There's also enough models in the game now, so it feels like pretty much every there's a way to build a troop for every play style. Yeah. Definitely. definitely. And particularly when, when the next lot comes out, when when the human pirates come out and the human dominion come out, the Duchess and um, and Creep and Claudia, I'm really, mm. looking forward, I'm really looking forward to those ones coming out. Oh, so I, I I have loved playtesting those. My favourite my favorite of those is a, Duch, a Duchess troop, which is just monsters and trolls. And then Creep and Claudia um, uh, alongside the rest of the rogues at the moment. Yeah. They're just really fun and different to play. Claudia, I really like Claudia in, in a rogue list because she's because most of the rogues are fairies. Yeah. They play together. I mean, obviously, Natty's a rogue, but she can't play with the fairies. And you've got Muradine yeah. and both. But Claudia brings something a bit different to that rogue list. Um, non weakling energy. Exactly. Basically, yeah. <laughs> um, and a couple of pistols as well, which is never a bad thing. Um, mm -hmm. But she's also sure-footed, so she can move like a fairy. Um, yeah. But hits like a human. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And she can just pistol, pistol, pistol everything. Yeah, but can also nick stuff. So she's got. I I, I really like Claudia. Um, mm. Oh, she's brilliant. And I, I can't wait for the model because I mean I know it'll look like the artwork, and the artwork's awesome. Um, Anyway, we've done, a, we've done another tangent. Yeah. I need to keep count next time I'm on. <laughs> the number of tangents. Yeah, we do need to We should do that. I did a tangent. Yeah, yeah. A tangent, a tangent counter. Um, maybe we want to call this episode Tangent. <laughs> <laughs> we'll call tangents it, featuring uh, the Malachite Mystics. Yeah, episode 37. Malachite Mystics plus Tangents. <laughs> 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 because I may as well call it that. Uh, Anyway, I think I think we'll leave it there because that's, that's about uh, an hour and a half now. I think we've gone for about an hour and twenty minutes. I think that's that. Yeah. We've kind of covered it pretty. Well. But yeah, that's not bad. About half an hour for each character. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty good. That's pretty good. I think we've covered it covered it well as well. So it's fun. Hmm. But yeah, um, so thanks a lot for coming on, Joe. Great to have you on. I can't remember the last time you did come on, but um, it's good. Yeah. We'll have to do another one again. Yeah, great to have another chat again. I think what what we could do now. Well, she. What I actually would quite like to do, actually, for the next one I do with you, is I'd like to do fairies, because Ooh, okay. the last time I did fairies was a long time ago, 
and there's a lot of new fairies since then. Like fairies, were one of the, yeah, episode three was playing fairies. That was <laughs> wow. February 2019. So uh, over right, okay. ago, I, I did my last fairy episode. I think I've done I've done blood magic. I've done a blood magic one set as separate. Uh, I think I did that with Tom. Mm. But actually, another pure fairies one would be a good one for us to do. Yeah. But I'm also, well, Vespa will. Vesper will be released at some point, so that seems like a good opportunity. Yeah, yeah. Or we could do a rogue one. But have I done a rogue one? Yeah. Might have yeah. On, honestly, um, right. every <laughs> every something we can pick. Yeah, all all of the I think the remaining releases for this current book are Dominion, and I've play tested them all to oblivion. I've really enjoyed every single one of them, so I yeah. <laughs> I'll happily talk about any and every of them. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I mean, I think I think I've I've stuck more to I have playtested some of them a bit, but I've stuck more to playtesting the scenarios, um, uh, which has been which has been good fun actually. Like I've <laughs> I've made Diana enraged better. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be disappointed if you told me you made her worse. Yeah, well, that that model should only be better. Yeah, so I playtested the when I went to Gotham with Tom and I played we we, we played the scenario. And then I playtested it again, did the same scenario with Jack. Because when I played it with Tom, we we had the, so the scenario was that it was Diana and four giants against the rogues. Mm. What we found when that was, the giants just get stuck behind and never get anywhere. Because Diana turned one, Diana makes all the red, or one end of all of them. Because mm. Diana Rage does that. She then plows up the board and starts murdering rogues. All the giants are stuck, not being able to get there. And the rogues are all running away. So that, well, that, isn't actually, that doesn't actually work. So we changed it. We got rid of Brunhilde and Lubard because basically they don't normally play with Dominion. They didn't really feel narratively right that they would be playing with Diana because mm. they also aren't really like mercenary. Like Brunhilde is, but she's not the same kind of mercenary. So we changed them yeah. to Wasp and Vesper, um, oh. which makes like narrative sense because they are like Diana's guardians. Um, and when I played it, I played it with those two against Jack, and it was a significantly closer game. But it's not supposed to be close. It's supposed to be really hard for the rogues to <laughs> so the whole I literally I designed that scenario with basically, you're gonna be the rogues player, can you beat me? Because it's gonna be really hard. Right. It was always it was supposed to be really skewed in favor of the Diana, because the whole point of it is Diana is absolutely pissed. And when she's angry, mm. he becomes unstoppable. Can you stop her? Absolutely fuming. The whole point of it is, like, play someone who's really good at it, and can you win as the rogues? Because that's the hard. It's supposed to be like the hard one of the hardest challenges is can you win as the rogues against this list? Um, so we basically made her a bit better. And then a little tweak. We basically tweaked it so that her because she was arcane five. What we found was she was always she was she was always hitting fairies, um, which meant and, and they were usually behind cover. So she's only ever drawing like two cards to to get her business off and was often failing it. So I said, well, let's make her arcane six. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, Fair enough. So not a massive tweak, not not big damage increases, but now more likely to get her abilities off, which she just she wasn't getting them off. Anyway, that's the last tangent we're going to go off on. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, we'll leave it there. Thanks a lot for listening, everyone. I hope you enjoyed listening to our tangents and a bit in there somewhere we talked about Malachi Mystics. Um, <laughs> um, uh, but it was good fun to get on again. Thanks a lot, and we'll we'll. Talk said another time, Joe, about what, what, we'll, what we'll talk about next time. Um, I don't know what the next um, podcast self will be. I've always got lots of ideas of what it could be, but um, hopefully it'll be not two months in between 
Um, it's been busy. Well, I'm a teacher and the last part of term is always really busy. And with sorting out COVID stuff, basically at school, it's been very difficult for me to do stuff. But um, in the summer, I'm hoping I can record a couple more podcasts basically over the next few weeks and have a backlog to, to upload. Um, but yeah, thanks again, Joe. And um, yeah, I'll see you all for the next one.